It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. The aggressive progressive Christopher Hahn. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. All right, we've checked the gloves. Uh, we've met our specifications. Uh, Chris Hahn, you're in your corner. I'm in mine. Let's touch those gloves and come out swinging and winging. I don't know, man. I'm weighing in a little heavy right now. I'm uh, It's like post-New Year's malaise. I'm running like crazy, but the weight is, I guess I'm getting old, man. I mean, I'm not as old as Mick Jagger. Or you. <laughs> Mick Jagger, where did that come from? I, well, you handed me a paper saying that you're just like Mick Jagger when I walked into the building here today. Mick Jagger? Say, I'm just like Mick Jagger. No, no, no. I have a young girlfriend or wife just like Mick. Hold on a second. He loved the Hells Angels. Yeah. I'm the leader of the National Guardian yeah, but Angels. but the two of you have a penchant for women born in the 80s. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what's going but, you know, on. So how, wait, wasn't he? He was married to Hall. The Jerry, model. Jerry Hall, Who yes. then married Rupert Murdoch. Oh, well, good. Trade it up, I guess. Understood. At least financially. Yes. They both look like the Crypt Keeper, but you know. Yeah, but Mickey, 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 my button fell <laughs> off my trousers there, right? Look, 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 look. Mick Jagger is a superstar rock star. Now, you're a very large local celebrity. I will give you that. I mean, I've, I, I've been aware of you since I was a child oh. here in New York. So. Oh, uh, you make me feel so <laughs> yeah. young. I remember the first time I came into the city looking for a red beret <laughs> when I was on the subway because kids from the suburbs were afraid of the city. I mean, I'm not as afraid of it as I used to be. And now that I know most of the angels, I'm like, eh, they oh, might, let me they might mug me. This, <laughs> uh, this week, I pimped your ride. Uh, as uh, many of you know, Chris Hahn, regular contributor to Fox News Channel. And I blew it up on Gunfeld. I blew it up on Gunfeld. Oh, you were on Gunfeld this oh, week? Oh, it was so oh, good. Man. Because remember, unlike most programs that always talk politics, and there's a new study, University of Nebraska says, yep. too much discussion of politics either on the Trump side or the Biden side will give you migraines, I, will affect your mental state of affairs and your physical. And I got to tell you. We do it for a living, so it doesn't really affect us as much. I mean, this is I've been doing this since before it was a problem, right? I've been talking politics since the, you know, when I, my first TV show, Youth in Politics, back in, like, 1995. Um, but the average American doesn't, and they are taking it too hard, I think. A, a, a perfect example, last night I was out on Long Island. A friend of mine was in a show with Kevin James, the King of Queens. You know Kevin oh, James. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, it was very good. It was Oliver. At a little theater out in Syosset. Well, was he wearing his uh, UPS outfit, no, his no, black no. shorty he, shorts? He, I got to tell you, he was fantastic. And his kids were good. His kids were in it with him. And my buddy was in it as well. He played one of the... Oh, he uh, was great in Mall Cop, remember? He was great. I, I can't think of anything he's ever done I didn't like, actually, frankly. I, I, I love that guy. I think he's hilarious. I like that show he did on Netflix, The Crew. I watched it, uh, I don't know, beginning of COVID. So he was doing a play? He was doing a play with his kids. He wanted to act with his kids. His, wow. his son and two of his daughters were in the show with him. Mm. And actually, I think all three or four of his kids were in the show with him. He's got a very young kid, and then he's got two that are teenagers, and then one that's about 10 or 11. The, the 10 or 11-year-old actually played Oliver, the lead in the show. And Kevin played the lead guy, Fagan, in the show. And after the show, though, Fagan, Fagan, that's you know, you know, you know the show, right out of Charles Dickens. It's from Charles Dickens. It's <laughs> Oliver Twist, right? So I'd never seen Oliver the play. I've read Oliver Twist. A little anti-Semitic there, Fagan, huh? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, Kevin James was fantastic in the show. But after the show, though, my point is, 
I'm out with my buddies after the show. Uh, we're having French fries at the diner. Ooh. <laughs> now, uh, that's how you rate a diner. Yeah. By their French fries. Uh, they were pretty good French oh, fries. Okay. I think it was the On Parade Diner All right. in, in All right. Okay, that we were good, at. good, give good. Them a, give them a plug. Uh, and, you know, we were just having a good time. And then the subject of politics came up, and there were four different opinions, and everybody got mad, and the night was over. Wow. The night was ruined. And it sucks. Now, now, how long have you been friends with these guys? High school. These are friends. Wow, these from are long high term school. buds. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was two two of my best friends, and then my friend's wife was in the show with him. Uh, our wives stayed home. My friend came down from Connecticut. I came out from the East End. We all met in Syosset. Well, why so vitriolic? Why? I I don't. I I think that we've been at each other's throats for so long. And I, by the way, I take some blame for it too. It wasn't all my friend. I mean, I you know I I take it too much to heart sometimes. When not when I'm talking to you, but when I'm talking to people who are not really in the business. I'm sick of it. I, I want to have a week, maybe a month, where we just take a pause from talking politics, like where we don't say Trump. We can talk about issues, things like that. But it's it's disturbing to me where this country is going to. I think I feel like everybody's at each other's throats, people who love each other, who are friends with each other, who have long-term relationships, who know they have much more in common than they are separate are fighting over this nonsense. And it's because, look, I feel like the media, and we're a part of it, partially to blame for it, are forcing this on people because we want people to stay tuned, click more, look at my Facebook feed, look at my Twitter feed, now, how many, watch uh, my radio. How many of your lifelong friends have defriended you on Facebook I, after I, last I, night's sit-down? None. And, you know, we were all <laughs> hugging it out by the end of the night. But it was, it, but it was, a, it was, a, it was a moment of... You know, hostility, and and frankly, I think this is what our well, enemies how, want how from us. Frankly, Curtis, this? I think this is what our enemies we're, want. I think this is what Russia wants. We're going, what China wants. We're going into uh, February, uh, which is the shortest month yes, of the year. It's the shortest month of the year. Uh, so you know, there's some people. It would be impossible for them to not want to get involved in divisive political talk. So how about you know they have al- uh, January you stay alcohol free right yeah yeah and then you drink uh, like a fish the rest of the, the year other eleven months and then did. we could go right into February where you don't talk politics I think it's got to be like August when most people are on vacation Wait. I think February is too rough of a month it's cold yeah no, there's you're no stuck. There's, really, there's nothing to do there's not a lot of good sports after the Super Bowl there's not a lot of good sports in February either right March at least you have March Madness well, by the way with all the uh, playoff action this weekend uh, your predictions of who's going to end up in the big day. I got to tell you, the Buffalo Bills looked really good last night. I didn't even watch the game because I was at that play, and I kept on sneaking out to check the score of that game. Uh, yeah, I, I like that quarterback they have up there in Buffalo. I've liked them for a long time, and I think that they're going to be. Uh, I think they're going to. I think well, they're well, going to be there. Uh, I don't know. I don't what did know Coach Belichick have to say afterwards? I didn't listen. I didn't want to hear it. I'm <laughs> sure. Very, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure he put up his hoodie, tightened the string, and walked <laughs> off. But uh, so, if you had a bet on it. Uh, who are the two teams in your mind that end up in the Super Bowl? Well, I'm not going to bet on the Bills because I think I think there's a lot of uh, I think the KC Chiefs are, are looking pretty good. Okay. Green Bay Packers. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, it looks Aaron like Rogers. It looks like round two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green yeah. Bay Packers. 
Kansas City. Chiefs. Yeah, I think it could be round two, and, and and we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, how about you? you have any, the the any, vaxxed versus you have any, the unvaxxed. The vaxxed. Wouldn't, wouldn't the that washed be versus the unwashed. No, no, but that would be America, right? Here, the Green Bay Pack is synonymous well, with Aaron Rodgers. We don't know what his vaccination yeah, well, we're, we're just is. We assuming. are assuming he's unvaxxed. He's like uh, Kyrie Irving of the New uh, uh, Brooklyn Nets. He's like uh, Djokovic, who has just and, been and sent the, and, out and the of NFL Australia. is like Bill Clinton. They've they've adopted a don't ask, don't tell policy. <laughs> <laughs> for vaccination and testing, it, frankly. For a lot of Americans, it's going to be, oh, Aaron Rodgers, the Jeopardy guy. That's right. He, yeah, could, yeah, have yeah. Been, he could have been Ken Jennings. How did you like him in Jeopardy? Uh, I thought he was okay in Jeopardy. Of course, I didn't know about his anti-vax <laughs> status. Then. I think I would probably look at him a little differently Oh, so right that now. would have affected It would have affected me. I, I want to be completely honest, America. I would have been affected by that. I liked it then. And by the way, he was my fantasy football quarterback this year. Oh, wow. He was, and he screwed me up that week he had to be out because of COVID. But it, it, he, I've always liked Aaron Rodgers. I don't understand... I don't understand this. And same thing with uh, Djokovic, right? Whatever his name is. Yeah, from Serbia. Yeah. I, I mean, this is a guy who's been into quack science before, right? This is not the first time that he's Excuse decided me. that he knows he what's going on. He calls it holistic homeopathic. Yeah, I, uh, I, I call it quackery, okay? He he once was on a, a podcast with a doctor who gave him pills to hold in his hand and then knocked the pills out of his That's hand. That's kinesiology. Yeah, and I've said, oh, those that. pills, don't, they won't be good yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, no, 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 I've I'm done kinesiology. It works. No, What's it wrong with you? Work. It's not quackery. You're probably the same guy in the 50s who would have said that chiropractic care was quackery. Well, I wasn't alive in the 50s like you as we started the show. Well, you and Mick not. Jaggar have a not. lot in common. Believe you both remember not, the 50s. Believe it or not, In 1954, <laughs> I was birthed in New York. We went to Chicago where my dad was from. Uh, 40 degrees below zero before global uh, climate uh, change. Right, right. Uh, and uh, it's I only had 20 degrees below zero there right now. So I, I, had, I had a cold. And my mother, you know, was from uh, New York. So we got to take uh, him to a, uh, a doctor, Chester. Because, you know, you go, hey, doctor, he goes to the chiropractor. She goes, wait a second, that's like voodoo. <laughs> You you can't take my son to a chiropractor. Well, you don't go to a chiropractor for a cold. Yes, yes. A Dr. Schluter. Dr. Schluter adjusted me at three months old. The cold went away. And then he also looked at me and he said, this kid, you got to put on pet milk. He's having a problem. Pet with milk? What's pet that? Pet milk. Oh, that's a can. That's a carnation, you know, evaporated milk. Uh-huh. Oh, you mean uh, you mean condensed milk? Yes, yes. That's like the sweetened milk. Well, in Mexico, that is considered like you a ever refreshing have trace, beverage. You ever have trace leches? Yes. I mean, that's maybe. That's what it is. It's made out of pet milk. So I was weaned on pet milk. I got chiropractic care. You would have called that quackery. You're kind of skinny, though, Curtis. I mean, mean, for a guy, for a tough guy. I mean, what are you, like, buck 40? Uh, 200. 200. No way are you you 200 pounds. Yes, I am. You are not 200 pounds. And it's all muscle and brawn. (laughs) No fat. You're about 140, 145. Put the pads on. I remember the first time I actually met you. I remember it like it was yesterday. Because I always thought you were this big guy, this big muscle guy. And in college, you come up to the University of Albany. I was president of the student body at the time. A mutual friend of ours brought you up. Uh, what was his name? Ron Terosian. Yes. Yes. Ron Terosian brought you up the to Zionist. speak to this group. Yes. Zionist. <laughs> and, now, and now he's like a big marketing guy, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which is funny. Uh, but but Ron Terosian brings you up. I'm like, oh, Curtis Lee. Well, I got to be Curtis Lee. I know Curtis Lee. I remember watching him with Ernie and Astos yeah, on the yeah. 7 o'clock news after the Muppet <laughs> Show. So I, I, I go in. I go in. I'm like, I'm going to meet this guy. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
you were taller than me, but you're just a skinny guy. Like, you're not, you weren't big. I mean, oh, I, so I'm a skinny Bellini to you. Well, I mean, you're not as big as I thought you'd be when I met you. I thought you'd be this, like, behemoth guy. I know, I know, up. but uh, Chris, hon, as you know, the reputation. I mean, you can take a punch. Uh, I know that. And I could give a punch. Hit yes. people so hard, their mothers would feel the vibrations. <laughs> well, I don't ever want to find that out, uh, all right? I just, I don't ever so want to find So what did you out. think of the speech? Uh, there I was, all of you nubile, uh, young, pre-grad. Uh, I, I will tell you, I will tell you, because I had already worked on a presidential campaign. I worked mm. on Bill Clinton's presidential campaign. Uh, this is 1993. I'd worked on Clinton's campaign the year before, in 1992. Uh, and I'd worked on Jerry Brown's campaign as well. Oh, Moonbeam yeah, Jerry Brown. Yeah, I was a Jerry Brown guy originally. Uh, and uh, I said to myself, oh, this guy gets it, giving a speech is entertainment. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I have never forgot it. I actually, that's me. When I give a now, speech, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, it's a I serious laughs, subject. Right? people listening to right. me? Right. It's a serious subject, anti-Semitism. Yes. And I had the crowd rolling. You did. You had I the had crowd. them laughing. And, and there were people from both sides of the issue yeah. there. Well, some Palestinians there with their No, no, there, there were people from, you know, the the, the African Student Union. Yes. Suba. There was a big war going on. It wasn't really a war. It was like a, a conflict between the, uh, what was called a Suba at University of Albany and uh, he, his was like RZA, I think was Ron's group. Yeah, well, you see, uh, it's beyond me. I'm a high school dropout. You yeah. Know, I, I, I don't get the lingo and there was of like, fraternities. There like a Cold sororities. War right. between right. them, like, oh, one brought up Meyer Kahani, the other one brought up Mount, uh, Harissa Shabazz. You know, Khalid like Muhammad. Yeah, it was a whole thing going on. And then who's the other guy that came up? The rabbi. Um, Rabbi Avi Weiss. Avi Weiss. That's I had right. lunch oh, with Avi Weiss. He's a bomb thrower, Rabbi <laughs> Avi Weiss. It was very, very Wow, in, you, very were, you were right in the intense fire. Of New York City in Albany. Here it, was it like is. Little Albany, little in, New York. Instead of you putting the pads on on the gridiron and like uh, playing linebacker or uh, I was flanker, still doing that too at the you same were a time. Kicker. I was a kicker. You were a kicker. Kickball. Nine kickball. tackles in my NCAA Nine career. tackles. Yeah, we weren't too good my first wait, two wait, years. Wait, so you actually uh, actually wrote down each of the tackles. I, I, you maybe I, saved the... I think uh, I have a broken bone for every tackle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nine tackles, man. Nine tackles. But, it, but I was doing it. I was doing that and being student body president, learning all this stuff, meeting you back then, uh, meeting other world leaders that would come to the University of Albany. President Clinton came to the University of Albany. Other people came to the University of Albany. And uh, great experience. I don't know why we're going down this path, but it's 1-800-848-9222 if you want to be part of the national conversation with Curtis and I. we got a lot to talk about. We're going to be here till 5, so stick it around. Experts have done the math. In 2020, despite the pandemic economic turndown, House prices rose 10.2% in 12 months. That trend continued into 2021, and now top advisory firms predict they could increase another 16% in 2022. It's a market best suited for those developing real estate. That's where NRIA comes in. NRIA develops and sells multifamily buildings in high-demand, supply-constrained areas. We've been in business for 15 years, providing our clientele with passive real estate investment offerings. The market is surging. Take this opportunity to diversify into something with a firm foundation while we target competitive returns. Call 800-800-1414 or visit NRIA.net. Pick up the phone. That's 800-800-1414. An offer of securities is only made by the NRIA Private Placement Memorandum. Read it first. Past performance does not guarantee future results. NRIA is a real estate development firm. Learn more at NRIA.net. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
Uh, another calamity for Curtis Sliwa, Chris Hahn. I oh, have no. to avoid yellow cabs. Remember in June 1992, shot in the back of a yellow cab on the orders uh, of the Gaudis of the Gambians. Yep. And then uh, when I was running for mayor three days before the ballots were cast, hit by a cab outside a Radio City Music Hall as the Rockettes. The Rockettes were practicing. You shouldn't have been looking at the Rockettes. You're a married man. Yeah, you're woman, right. Half your you're age. Right. Yeah, or a you're third your age, right. I should you're say. Right. Yeah, but the kick line. I <laughs> right. mean, looking at those gams, the kick line. I love it. And then I scored the trifecta, the Trinity, the Troika, the other morning getting out of a yellow cab. I reached in to get my bag. The SUV yellow cab rolled right over both my feet. Oh, my God. Right over. Ah! How you've lived in the city your whole life. You don't know to look before you step into the street. No, my problem is uh, I have to stay away from yellow cabs. This never happens to me in the subways, you know. Uh, it's because you drank all that condensed milk. I, 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 pet milk. Yeah. But anyway, the point is I got the pains and strengths because you know how many uh, small, minute uh, bones there are in your feet. Yeah. Fractures, breaks. Uh, I got to go to Trinity Rehab because my first inclination was go into the medicine cabinet. You know, get some of those uh, uh, Vicodins, those Percocets left uh, over from a recent dental visit. You don't want that. Where I had to uh, get my uh, implant uh, of a tooth that I lost playing football in high school, but I resisted that. Well, I'm going to go down that road. So I'm waiting to go to Trinity Rehab. They're located throughout uh, New Jersey because they know how to deal with pain, massive pain. So much so that people come in there from Pennsylvania, Mid-Hudson Valley, come across the George Washington Bridge from Manhattan because they have the EPAT machine. It's FDA approved. And what it does, it uses acoustic wave technology, similar to what's used to break up kidney stones, except in this case, it's breaking up scar tissue, which leads to the pains in your back or neck pain, tennis elbow, Djokovic, tennis elbow, uh, plantar fasciitis, and knee pain. And in just three five-minute sessions, you could be virtually pain-free. No drugs. They're all over New Jersey. Write this down. Share it with people you know and love who are in pain, especially with the temperatures plummeting below zero. All those fractures, all those breaks, all those strains and pains come to the surface. They're opening Clifton, Paramus, Wayne, Short Hills, Emerson, East Windsor, Shrewsbury, Walwood, Branch, and two brand-new locations in Hackensack and Wyckoff. Call Trinity Rehab today. 800-518-0977. That's 800-518-0977. Or go to trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. The aggressive progressive Christopher Hahn. The 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 1-800. York's News and Talk Station. 77 WABC. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. If you want to be part of the national conversation, Chris Hahn, Curtis Sliwa. All, right, all right, Chris, stop, stop filibustering me. Uh, I'm sorry. As you did in the first segment. I, I'm sorry. There wasn't a mention of Joe Biden at all, our president. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid Joe Biden today. Oh, he's having, Vice President he's a rough Harris. Week. He's having a rough week. You were filibustering me. You did I everything was you could kissing avoid. your butt, man. Uh, you were doing the pirouette. I was like, remember when you used to do WABC <laughs> TV? Anything with- to distract me. <laughs> Uh, you were doing a plie, <laughs> anything to avoid the subject. So we got to get down to it. Go ahead. Um, President Joe Biden not looking too good in the polls. 
And it just seems to me he and a lot of the Democrats don't get it, Chris. Maybe maybe you do. But everywhere I go, people they are talking about inflation, the price of just basic products uh, and the fact of the economy. And it's not about voting rights. It's not about the agenda that Joe Biden and the Democrats want. You rarely, if ever, hear any conversation uh, about that. When do you think the president and his vice president and Democratic leadership, the guy you worked for, Schumer, majority leader in the Senate, and Nancy Pelosi can sort of veer their membership in the direction of what Americans are talking about and what Americans want? Well, let's be clear. They passed a fantastic bill at the beginning of the year last year that provided a lot of people security throughout this crisis, right? Uh, the uh, the Pandemic Relief Act. I'm drawing a blank on the name of it right now. They, they passed that bill. Uh, they passed the infrastructure bill. All these things are going to have tremendous benefit to the United States, the infrastructure bill, particularly once it gets going. But there is an inflation problem in this country. There's, there's very clear people are paying more for gasoline. They're paying more for basic goods, uh, condensed milk, if they're, you know, trying to wean their kid off of the, uh, uh, off the, uh, I won't know if I'm, I don't know what word I'm allowed uh, to say 1% here. 1% milk, 2% milk, whole yeah. milk. Yeah, there's a lot of milk problems. There's a milk problem. Maybe people want to breastfeed a little longer now. Uh, but uh, like the grapes of wrath. But it, it's, it's, it is a problem. But at the same time, it's a problem with the market. That the president can't necessarily wave a magic wand and fix. That Congress can't wave a magic wand and fix. The supply chain needs to adjust to the increased demand that has come this year. And they've got to get over all these disruptions all caused right, by COVID. A simple thing that people can relate to. The president speaks, and for the fifth time, he refers to Vice President Harris as President Harris. That would suggest to people, is something wrong with this guy? I mean, look, I've watched the president speak a lot this week. And does he slip up from time to time? Yes. Has he slipped up from time to time his entire career? I, I remember attending the opening of the Al D'Amato courthouse out on Long Island, where Joe Biden was the keynote speaker when he was chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee back in like 2002. And he would slip up then. And I, I don't think anybody would think all that right. he had any problem. Right. That's Joe. He does. Right. It's Joe. Uh, give him that. But. Remember, and I thought this, too, because uh, I am not a pure Trumper. You know, I voted for independent candidates right, for right, the presidency. Right. I did not vote for Hillary. I did not vote for Joe Biden. But I thought with Joe Biden, wow, things are going to calm down. This guy's going to bring people together like he used to do in the cloakroom of the Senate, where he would have Southerners, Northerners, liberals, conservatives together. You know, they would sit down old style and work out their differences. I haven't seen any of that. I, it goes back to what I was saying beginning of the show. We are so dug in, so divided. I, I don't know who's going to come across, right? I, I, I don't think it's for lack of trying. I mean, he got senator, he got ten senators on board from the other party for the infrastructure bill. He did do that. All right, but, right. But, so there but, was but that remember, moment. Even under the Trump administration, everybody talked infrastructure, infrastructure. That's the one time he got. But Biden got infrastructure I done. Know, but right? that's the one time. Remember when uh, the leaders of the House and Senate came, the Republican and Democrat, yep. that Trump paid no attention. Remember at that time to his Republican leaders, he was making love with Schumer and Pelosi because saying this we can agree on uh, infrastructure, infrastructure. Yep, yep. It never happened. You're right. It right. never happened. Never happened. But that was the one magic word that seemed to bring together both sides. But in this particular instance, the speech he gave down in Atlanta, 
I said, right, this is like a call to what? This is like Trump in Arizona yesterday. We're uh, still talking about how the election was stolen and that he wants new Republican I'm gonna leadership. Give you, I'm going to give you a prediction. Um, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act is not going to make it to, the, to a vote in the Senate this week. However, I do think that the Senate, within the next 30 days, will act on the uh, Elections Control Act, which basically determines how you count the vote for presidency. They're going to clean it up because it needs to be cleaned up. And I think they're going to add a provision that Democrats will be happy about. I think they're going to add a provision that will require if a state overturns a portion of the vote, that there needs to be a swift judicial review and it will order the courts to turn it around very quickly. And I think that will satisfy a lot of Democrats. And this won't satisfy, satisfy all of them. But it will satisfy many of them. Well, I know that uh, Vice Vice President Pence, former Vice President Pence, and his wife, because he can't go anywhere. No, no, without mother. Sitting in a courthouse. (laughs) You don't call your wife mother, right? No, no. Does she call you daddy? Uh, No. no. What are you trying to say, Granddaddy? She doesn't call you grandpa? We walk around in the streets. People come up to her. Oh, what are you doing with your granddaughter? (laughs) How is it being the daughter of of Curtis Sliwa? But anyway, the point is, here's Pence saying, yeah, if it, they could have only taken it out of my purview. I wouldn't have had people outside with a hangman's noose wanting to hang me. Get the vice president right, out right, of this right, equation. Right. I think they're going to they're gonna actually <laughs> clarify that, saying the vice president is in a ceremonial role counting the votes. He doesn't actually have any power, idiot. 1-800-848-9222. George, you're on with Curtis and Chris. Hi there. Hi. Hi. Uh, listen, uh, Han, uh, Mr. Han or uh, Chris, I want to mention something. Once again, you made a gram- grammatical blunder to be part of the conversation with Curtis and me, not I. Also, Curtis, you and Chris should slam each other, knock each other <laughs> out of the ring. Don't kiss one another's but for heaven's sake. Look, to everything, turn, 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 man. But, you know, we're never going to slam each other to the ground here. We're going to disagree vehemently and hold our ground. But I, I don't think that – I think there's no, enough he, vitriol He here. wants it to be a blood sport. I, I, yeah, he wants He it, wants blood sport. He wants me to go grab your throat right. and then you throw a bike at me and that, you know, we don't ever no, accomplish you know, anything. It's that famous scene in Raging Bull, right, when De Niro turns to the guy playing Sugar Ray Robinson. Hey, Ray! You didn't knock me down. Me time he's bleeding yeah. over. You didn't knock me down, right? That's what he wants. Yeah, he wants us beaten and bloodied. And, you know, here's the thing. He's not alone. And, and he's not alone. And that's the problem in this country. Everybody wants – I am not Curtis's enemy. Curtis is sometimes an opponent of mine, just like when I went and played sports – I had an opponent on the other side. I didn't hate him. I didn't want him to die in the game. I wanted to beat him. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, you deflected early on by talking about how you were sitting in an audience that I had appeared in. Well, I you was snoring me. I was introduced to you. This is Chris Hahn. He's the student body president. <laughs> he gave me the, the whatever your how fee was. How the hell was. did they elect you student government president at University? I was, the, I was University. on the football team. I was good looking. You were a it kicker. Was, yeah, but I had a lot of friends. You know, like I had a lot of friends. and you know. Yeah, beer, beer drinking friends. And I'd been in the student government my whole time at Albany. Wow, you have yeah. politics flowing through your veins and arteries. It's... Uh, it is a uh, it is a life 
Were you that progressive? Were you that liberal back then? I was a registered Republican when I was student body president at the University of Albany. Oh, my God. Even as I worked on the Clinton campaign, I was registered because I needed a job out in Brooklyn. You did a reverse Ronald Reagan. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222 to join Chris Hahn and Curtis Lewa. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. The aggressive progressive Christopher Hahn. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station. 77 WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Chris Hahn, Curtis Lewa. Come at you live from the greatest city. Wait, 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 New wait, wait, York, what's New York. That, that jam underneath the uh, U.S. Should I stay about? or should I go? Should I stay or should I You like I the song? Go? Yes. It's a good song. Tonight, it, it obviously uh, works right into what we're talking about today. But I got to ask you this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, everybody at MSNBC was for toots. They were happy. They were excited. Uh, to them, it was better than sex to see finally there was a charge of sedition. Yes, against finally. those involved in January sixth, Elmer Stewart Rhodes, the the leader of the Oath Keepers, with the by the way, black Elmer, Elmer Stewart Rhodes the third, who graduate of uh, I think it was Yale Law School. Yeah, yeah, leader of the Oath Keepers, who was stationing weapons to resupply his shocked troops. Inside the Capitol on January 6th. Now, he this, seems like a dangerous now, guy. This I mean. is, you know, uh, as a lawyer. I do. As Mr. ESQ Esquire. I am an Esquire, as is your lovely wife. That uh, they did not find weapons on any of the Oath Keepers that... Uh, None of them that were in the Capitol, no. ...walked in no. Uh, to the Capitol. It's a tough charge to prove to begin with. It's a very tough charge. Uh, why do you think they went there since they hadn't pulled the trigger? I think they have the information from the people they've already arrested uh, that points to Elmer Rhodes. They have plenty of emails. I mean, they were reading his texts and his emails uh, over the last but couple of But you know what he's going to say? He's going to say, look, we were there in the Capitol. We were protecting Roger Stone. We were doing, quote, celebrity security uh, of the people, you know, who uh, uh, were followers uh, of Donald Trump. But they had a plan that after these people took the Capitol— under the cover of this riot that was going on there, to bring weapons in to reinforce them and then hold the Capitol until they got their weapons. All right, but assuming- now, if that is true, which, you know, I mean, this is what their emails say. We're reading their emails now. I know, but an email uh, if it's versus true, action. Now- and, and, and clearly, I don't believe that the attorney general would have acted on this with just the emails. I am assuming that people who they have already arrested and charged are cooperating and have given him more information about this guy, or, emails and texts. Or that they not only have uh, confidential informers of people who were Oath Keepers or members of other groups that were there on January 6th who went into the Capitol, but that they had undercover FBI agents. Now, Ted Cruz was on the Hill the other day pounding somebody, I think, from the Department of Justice, FBI. I, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't pay attention to Ted Cruz anymore. Well, you had to. I've given up one. on that guy. I, I understand. He's, he's the worst human being. But he, he's he, Reek. He was asking I mean, you, If you want to refer to him as Senator Reek, from the junior senator from <laughs> Texas, Senator Reek. Well, you're going to uh, have to live with him because he said he's running again for the presidency uh, of the United good States. Good luck, Teddy. Good luck. <laughs> but he did make a good point. He said... Can you tell us if, in fact, you had undercover agents within the realms of these organizations uh, and the person would not answer the question? Well, why would they answer that? 
That's that's you know this is a question that should not be done in public. This is uh you know you want to expose undercover informants so that they can you know their lives can be put in danger. They're doing a job here to try to uh, you know, to try to shut these kind of you know seditious cults down. Chris, Chris, agent provocateurs. How do we know that? I don't FBI believe that they're agent provocateurs. Who was in the oath, oath keepers wasn't sort of priming them to say, "Bring your weapons." In fact, I got a stash right here. You're in D.C. You don't have to bring your own. No, we got a nice stash no, right I here. I don't think that that's what you're going to find, and I think that that's a nice you know, fantasy on the far right. And I know you spend a lot of time, you know, listening to people on this station and other times. No, no, I actually have <laughs> Remember, I grew up in the anti-war movement. I was involved in that. I saw how the... Which F- war? Which war was going on? Uh, the Vietnam War. Oh, the Vietnam War. Yeah, yeah, remember, you, sure you weren't birthed World yet. War One. You weren't birthed yet. <laughs> it wasn't World wasn't War One. It wasn't the Persian Gulf campaign. You weren't opposed to the Archduke Ferdinand. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. You <laughs> mean Woodrow Wilson, who said, elect me, we're not going to go to war. And the moment he got elected... Yeah, uh, the governor of New Jersey, the Democrat, he <laughs> went to Princeton. war. Yeah, no. I, I, were you now, involved now, with that and, movie? And, and if you notice, they've extricated any mention of Woodrow Wilson in Princeton or anywhere else. It's like he's persona non grata. Like he didn't exist. Yeah, that's kind of hard. But there is a comparison here. Yeah, go ahead. Woodrow Wilson, towards the end of his presidency. He was out of it. His wife was totally. running the country. His wife was the yeah. shot caller. Yeah. Don't tell me. She's the first female president. Don't tell said. me Dr. Jill is going to be in that situation soon. I, she's pretty smart, Dr. Jill. You I'm know? not calling it Dr. Jill. Just like I'm not calling I, look, Dr. I, I, I think the reports of Joe, Joe Biden's demise have been greatly exaggerated. Like you, Curtis Sliwa, Joe Biden has lost a step in his old age. Okay? It's fine. It's fine. He's got a young wife, too. Not as young as yours, but she's young enough. And he married a doctor. But by the way, what kind of a doctor She's is a doctor she? of education. So why do we have She's to like, call Your a wife doctor. is a doctor of law. No, no. So I, am I. She I'm a never referred to herself as a doctor, I, and neither have you. I, I've never had that. Other than a few of my friends who got their PhDs, I say, "Oh, you could call me. I have mine too. Technically, it's a terminal." Degree. Remember, <laughs> there was a talk show host, Savage, uh, at that time, and he would always demand that you would refer to him as Doctor Savage. Oh, Doctor Savage! And I said, "What kind of a doctor are you?" And you can never get a straight no, answer. He was a lawyer. I I believe people who want you to call them doctors are tremendously insecure. Yeah, well, I mean, unless on, they are insecure. unless you're a medical doctor. Oh, I understand that. You, know, I mean, you want to call them a medical doctor. But Jill right? Biden is not a medical doctor. What kind of a doctor she, is she? Again? She's a professor, though. You call professors doctor. It's just what you do. I never heard it's of one that. of those not, things. Uh, true, I never went to college like you. Well, you went to a lot of college. I paid you to come that's to right. university. <laughs> that's right. I gave literally paid you. Now think of that. <laughs> I'm the high school dropout. And they paid me, to, they paid me honorariums, which, by the way, helped support the Guardian Angels back then when it was rough. When well, we, you, we I were think you only had one wife at the time, so that money probably went far. I don't remember which 90s, one. It was in the 90s. It was multiple at uh, different times. <laughs> Early so. 90s, 93. Uh, trust me, none of it went for child support. Uh, I can assure you, you that. It went to the maintenance of the Guardian you know Angels of. all over the country. one 800 Steve, you're on with Curtis and Chris. Hey, thank you. Hey, great talking to you. Hey, uh, I love you, man. Curtis, I love you, pal. Hey, the guy you're talking to, Chris Hahn, does he actually believe it's far-fetched to the, for the left to have somebody there steering people around? Is he, is he actually believe it was an insurrection on the 6th? Uh, I believe that the Oath Keepers had a plan to take over the Capitol and hold it. And they wanted to stop the vote count, which is sedition, period. And frankly, that's also terrorism. Because the definition of terrorism is using threats or force to exert a political outcome. 
And that's what was going on there. Now, now, think, uh, speaking of organizations, uh, the guy who was in charge of the Proud Boys released from uh, Washington, D.C. jail, remember, yeah. uh, he had been incarcerated before January 6th for burning a Black Lives Matter flag on some church somewhere in Washington, D.C. You know, it's been suggested highly he's a confidential informant. Maybe I wouldn't he doubt is. it. I don't know. I would not I, doubt there's it. A in very, the there's a big difference between a confidential informant and an agent provocateur. Mm. Let's be clear. Yes, absolutely. Right? Confidential informants are people you got to flip who came, you know, who they were charged with something else and said, all right. You got me. I'll give you somebody bigger than me if you let me Mr. off. Mr. Big. I'll right. give you Mr. I'll Big. I'll give you the next guy up. Which, by the way, all of my liberal friends wondering why, you know, Mike Flynn or people are Rudy or somebody hasn't been charged. You got to go step by step. You can't just shoot for the top. You got to build a case. You got to bring in the lower level people who give you the middle level people who give you the upper level people. I think we're at the upper middle now. Uh, we talk we're going to get to the upper. Here. We talk Steve, Steve Bannon, Bannon, Roger Stone. Let me tell you, this. I'm Roger Stone right now. I am shaking in my boots that they got this guy, Elmer, okay? Because this Elmer guy grew up pretty rich. The eye patch. He the eye patch man. Uh, don't, don't let that eye patch fool you. He could afford a new eye if he really wanted to. He's very, very wealthy. Grew up wealthy. Well spoken, too. Yeah, and he's went to Yale Law School. And let me tell you right now, he is going to flip on Roger Stone. Roger Stone's the next shoe to drop. Hmm. He is. Uh, what's the over-under point spread on that? Since, I'm, no, I'm gonna since give it, betting I, 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 is now legal gonna, in New yeah, York. Over-under point, point spread, I'm going to say, uh, let's say, April 16th, right after the wow. tax deadline. <laughs> April 16th. Did, did you did you let uh, Mr. Taking G, the over, though. Did you I, let Mr. GQ know so he could get his uh, fashionista look ready for his perp walk? Is he going to show up dressed like the penguin? You from- have to acknowledge the guy is a fashionista. He Roger dresses Stone. like a comic book villain. Are you kidding me? Are you, are you kidding me? You think he's a fashionista? You he's are, a fashionista. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You dress better than him, and trust me, you've been oh wearing God. the same thing since simple. 1975. Red beret, red satin jacket. <laughs> right, right. You've got a better look than he but does. But he actually puts out a list every year away from politics of the fashion looks, and he grades them, and he's pretty damn good at that. I have never made that list. Yeah, and you never will. No, 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 no. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222 if you want to be part of the national conversation. Uh, Martin, you're on with Curtis and Chris. Martin. Hey, guys. Uh, I got so much to say. Uh, uh, let me say, Biden, the demented puppet, the dome-popping pills Biden. I think we should listen to him when he says uh, President Harris. Because he really means it. Like, it's not just a mistake. It's really, it's, it's, uh, he's telling you that Harris is running the show. Well, let me ask you something, Martin. How, how does that make you feel to have an African-American woman younger than you, I would imagine, based on what I'm hearing in your voice, uh, as president of the United States? How would that make you feel? You're on with Dr. You're on with Dr. Chris right now, Martin. Yeah, I won't talk to communists. Oh, you won't no. talk to communists? Okay. See now, ya. question. He mentioned. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a communist, by the way. And by the way, Martin, I'm, I'm. I don't know anything about you, but I guarantee you, I'm a better capitalist. I took, <laughs> so. I took umbrage to what Martin said, not about his description of Biden and right, Harris. Right. Don's pills. He suggested that the president was on Don's pills. Yeah. I have suggested that America needs to get back to taking Don's pills, which you took for pain relief. Non-addictive, unlike what the Purdue family did with the Oxys. They should have been all thrown in jail. I, I, look, no more Oxy, no more Percocet. Don's pills. Yeah, have yourself a little Johnson's baby ass. Do you realize in the heartland of America, uh, where my father was from, Chicago, and all the travels I went through the Midwest, when I had pains and strains... 
I was directed immediately into the little local mom and pop pharmacy and told, get Don's pills. <laughs> and it always worked. You grew up in the heartland of America? Traveled through the heartland. Well, well, the well, Rust Belt. Oh, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Rust Belt. I always think of you with this uh, this kid growing up in Queens, you know, chasing down Brooklyn. a subway. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, whatever. Queens is weak. You know, Brooklyn and Queens is the same thing. No, no, Island. no. It's My not. parents grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, but it, 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 it's, it's, you're telling me there's a portion of your life when you were like out there, organizing you know, on the grain in the grain as yeah. a kid, yeah. You were, oh, a kid! I visited my family in Lockport, Illinois, which was, was between. That you, were you like summer in the city? It was like you were the Fresh Air Fund kid. You were out there. Well, no, no. The, the Sleewood compound. They used to live in the south side of Chicago, like a lot of people. They, they had moved a out into the farm areas where they had the subdivisions. They didn't sell that compound to a guy named Elmer, did no, they? No, no. There were all the Sleewoods there. They had the guns. They had the hot rod. Right. You know, they had drinking beer the whole nine yards. And the fact is, is that that's where I first came across tornadoes. That's where my grandfather, Anton, said, hey, it's time to hit the basement. The tornadoes are coming. And I saw it in the distance, the twister. And, and now they come here. They come right to New York City. And that's City. where I slopped the hogs for the first time. You know, I took all the scraps, Polish uh, Is that table. what you call going out for a night with the, with the angels, slopping exactly, the hogs? Exactly, slopping <laughs> the hogs, the kielbasi, the pierogi leftovers. Right, right. And I learned a lot. The pig is a smart animal. It is a smart animal it is what do you think about this guy getting a pig heart have you heard this i heard that the pig uh, heart what what about the comfort animal the uh uh, uh potbelly pig a hundred pounds they want to they want to evict the guy because of his comfort nah, animal that's not nice they should be nice to the pot the pigs are cleaner than dogs one 800 uh let me go to uh nick you're on with curtis and chris nick hey uh so i'm uh the trade is uh, definitely. I'm. Um, uh, uh, he's yeah, We got to get he's Nick, Nick. No, no, Nick. nervous. I'm going to leave. I'm not going to hang up on you yet, Nick. But I'm going to let you regroup for a second. Okay, this is a professional radio show. We are syndicated. We are a good group of people having a conversation. Let me, let me explain. Don't be nervous. Let me I, explain. I, I, go ahead. He's watching football. Yeah, yeah. And he's multitasking. He's multitasking. Listening to us. Yep. Turns the volume down on TV. And his team is losing now. So yes, he, yes. he's wondering where he's he going to come up he's for the money. How's he going to pay his bookie? You're watching the Tampa Bay game. So what's up, what's on your mind, Nick? We uh, we actually consume the same thing from time to time. Like, what are you, overeating? Like, increased demand? Everybody thinks this is easy, right? Everybody thinks, like, everybody thinks the radio is easy. Like, everybody thinks they can do this. You know that? Everybody I know. When I tell them I'm doing radio, I've been doing this now. I've been doing radio since I was in college, on and off, since I was in college. I've always done radio. Love it. So you, you you've been doing radio forever, too. But ev- doesn't everybody think this is easy? Doesn't yeah. everybody say, oh, oh look, give me look. a radio show? Look. Oh, can you introduce me to the to the people over at WABC so that they can give me look, a radio show? You've done talk TV. I've done talk TV. I've actually hosted it. Me too. Uh, you've hosted it. Yep. And you've hosted talk radio. I've done that for over 30 years, talk radio. It is much easier to do talk TV because it's scripted. And it's four minutes. It's teleprompter. Time. You don't really have much time to get an opinion in. This is like stand-up comedy. It's improv. Yeah, it's improv, baby. Go take a class at the Upright Citizens Brigade before you call it my is show. theater of the mind. Exactly. one 800 Chris Hyde, Curtis Lee, we're with you till 5. 
It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Sliwa in the left corner. The aggressive progressive Christopher Hahn. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station. 77 WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Chris Hahn, Curtis Lee, we're with you till 5 p.m. Well, you got to stick with us because we're going to be talking about a guy who's a baby boomer suing his mother, who's 82. Unbelievable. Because she has two of his most <laughs> desired baseball cards. Yeah. I think I should have sued my mother for throwing my baseball cards out, <laughs> like most Americans. And she goes, she's alerted by the news, uh, you know, your son is suing you. He's what? <laughs> he, she has a Ralph Kiner 1953 Topps card and a Satchel Page. Now, that's, uh, the, that's, that's a big-time big card, 1953, yeah. and she says, no, he gave it to me. I'll tell you what, I'll bequeath it to his children. Yeah. But I'm not going to give it to him. He's 80. All he had to do was wait a couple of months. Oh, my God. Give me a break. What is wrong with this guy? Oh, and then we have to talk about Amy Schneider, oh, the Amy transvestite Schneider. that America uh, has fallen in love with. Transgender. Do not say that other one. That's not how I'm you so do it anymore. I'm so confused. Transgender. Transgender or trans. You'll, you'll have to explain I, the difference to me I don't, coming up. I, it's, it's the offensiveness of it. I mean, it was a offensive term. And then, obviously, the... Uh, trans swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania who has declared herself to be the Jackie Robinson <laughs> of transgenders? I I mean, maybe if she's played shortstop for the Mets. Now, now, <laughs> now she is not well-received, and yet Amy Schneider is not only well-received. She's great. People are saying, wow, she's a player. I'm an avid Jeopardy watcher. I don't watch it every night. But I try to watch it as often as I can. And when there's a streak like the one she's on, I try to watch it all the time. Now, I'm wondering who's going to be You know, it. game shows have been accused of fixing results yeah. in payola years ago, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. In the 50s. Huge, huge controversy. What would suggest that if you're running Jeopardy with a, just tremendous collateral? So many yeah. Americans who disagree, they like Trump, they like Biden, yep. they sit at night like you do and, and they watch, watch Jeopardy. Yeah. That they'd make sure that they put in some tomato cans in there so she can continue I, this. You know, look, I, she is dominating these opponents. Even when it looks like in the beginning of the show you're going to have a real challenge, by the end of the show, the people you think are going to challenge her have the same dollars they had two minutes into the show. Uh, but she's still got to answer the questions, right? She's got to answer, you know, dozens of so questions she's every like night. the comeback kid. She's, in she, a way, she's like Tom Brady. Every night, I feel like she she just picks her spot and then she gets going. And once she gets going, she's like a freight train. You cannot stop her. Now, she's you know, fantastic. Aaron Rodgers uh, played the role of what Ken Jennings is doing now. Yeah. How was he? I mean, put aside the uh, fact that you again, don't like him because he's an anti I watched the Aaron Rodgers series yeah. on, on Jeopardy. I watched uh, he, he hosted for like two weeks. And I enjoyed it. Uh, this is pre-knowing that he was, you know, a Joe Rogan medicine follower. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I thought he was good at, at that. Wow. I thought Mayim Bialik, who is still hosting from time to time on Jeopardy, I thought she did a pretty good job, too. Oh, but yeah. Ken Jennings. Blossom, Ken Jennings, 
I'm not. I'm not. You're not a Jennings. I'm not fan. loving Ken Jennings now. Yeah, but a player becomes the host. Yeah, I mean he's the all-time. I mean, isn't that a dream player. come true? Yeah. I mean, look how many people in talk radio were callers. Yeah. Constant callers. Yep. Then we're given an opportunity. You know, they want a contest. Like one or two of them. Right. Be a host or hostess for the day, and they Joe went on. Joe Right to get a a regular gig. Right. Right. So, come on. I want you to rethink this. And I, why is it that Jeopardy has basically consumed you? What is it about Jeopardy that America loves? Well, we like the testing of your knowledge, right? We like to we like to challenge ourselves. I like to compete. I told you this about me. I like watching competition. I like being in competition. That's why I'm drawn to politics, because politics is a constant competition, right? Uh, I think competition is what makes America great. I think that's what capitalism now, now, is about. Now, I think it's this was before your time, before you were birthed, because I'm a boomer. I'm a yeah, baby boomer. You are. The other so Sunday you, you show. You claim to be a baby boomer. The other Sunday show was the College Bowl. Yes. So they would have a team like MIT versus Carnegie well, Institute. I was on the Technology. College Bowl team at the University you of Auburn. You were. Yeah. I was. Wow, you were a brainiac. I was on the college bowl team and at my high school, at Center Reach High School. Unbelievable. So wait a second. You were a football player who only was a kicker. That makes sense now. Uh, you were a member of the college bowl team, the high school bowl team. Now, how did how did you – so there's like four people, right? Right. Per side. Who took the lead? Who determined who was going to be the number one brainiac who led the team? There was a coach on the team. But generally speaking, you buzzed in. And you buzzed in individually, just like Jeopardy. You're kidding. Yeah. So you could, four people you could actually, quote, trump your fellow members by yes. hitting the buzzer before Yes, you them. could trump before them, yeah. It's, I, I, it's funny. I have a broad range of useless information stuck in my yeah, head. Yeah, but wait a second. <laughs> I remember watching Harvard versus Yale, right, you know, right, have the big right. battle. Somehow, like Albany all, University, Albany versus Binghamton, Troy, yeah, Albany versus Union College. It's always fun. It didn't make the classic college. No, bowl no, list. no. We never were televised now, on our you, college. Did bowl. you feel pressure though? Pressure uh, to perform? No, I had fun. I enjoyed it. Wow, I really enjoyed. I it. I looked at a lot of those young people. They look stressed out, man. I, I don't stress. Look, I can't do math. Don't ask me. Any you know math why questions. they don't have this any longer? College. They still bowl. have it. They, they do. Have, Peyton Manning was hosting it on. National television I had no a couple idea. months ago, yeah. Are they all Asians now who compete? Stop. But they're, they're the advanced students. Stop, stop, stop. Oh, oh maybe they capped him. Maybe they put a quota. No, on there's them. no quota. There's no quota. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Stop. Come on, give them their due. I'm trying to they're save doing you. so well. I don't want you to be canceled before our show gets oh, picked yeah, up wait, in 50 I, markets. I'm giving here. them props. I, I got to have to find it. You know I'm me, giving them There are very few people that have red berets that I could just stick By in the there. By the way, uh, <laughs> I, said, I mentioned that because in today's newspapers in New York City, it talks about how I won the Asian vote against Eric Adams, who was featured on Saturday Night Live last night. I don't know how you I didn't by the way I didn't see Saturday Night Live yet, so don't give it up. I'm gonna watch it when I get home tonight. Uh but it it you won the Asian vote. I can't believe it. Yeah, I won the Asian vote across the city of New York. Hmm. I'm so have to, I have the right I'm gonna have to look at that. To talk about I, I have a feeling you're you're embellishing here. You no. might have won a specific category no. of Asians. No, in no, New no. York. That shocked the world. In fact, I I am shocked. I'm gonna look at these numbers we're gonna talk about. Congressman Meng, right, leader of the Asian caucus, said, Holy blankety blank blank. He took us. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 
It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. The aggressive progressive Christopher Hahn. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. 1-800-848-9222. You know, it's uh, hearing the promo because uh, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And we will hear from a plethora of Democrats, some Republicans, who will say, uh, if Martin Luther King were alive today, he would have said this. I mean, he was executed back in 1968. So many things have changed. The first thing he would say is, what is this box you're carrying around? <laughs> exactly. But more importantly is, how can you extrapolate? What are you, channeling Martin Luther King in heaven? Are you, are you suddenly saying, this is what he would, this is the position I, he I would mean, have look, taken? I, I, that is a political thing that has been around since the, you know, dawn of humanity, dawn of politics in this country. But, you know, I, you I'm know. sure, you know, Senate, Senator Marcus Aurelius would probably say, if Caesar was alive today. I know, but you think of those uh, dates, those times and places that you will never forget. Uh, April 4th, uh, 1968, at the Lorraine Motel. He was on the balcony. Shot by James Earl Ray. Never trust anybody with three names. No. And then... Like like Elmer Stewart Rhodes. Right. Never trust anybody with three names. But remember, James Earl Ray ended up escaping from prison. He He went to Canada. He went to... That, to me... Somebody let him out. I know, but that, right. to me, was the one conspiracy that really has never been probed. We've talked about JFK, yep, Lee yep. Harvey Oswald, Donald Trump, the candidate, was saying, hey, I just read in the National Enquirer that Ted Cruz's father, the yeah. pastor, aided and abetted Oswald in killing Kennedy. I didn't say it. I'm reading it in the National Enquirer. Remember the warning of the Indiana oh, no, no. primary. I didn't say it. Just a guy who's like my best friend who I told to put that on the cover of the Enquirer. He put it on the Enquirer. Now I'm going to tell you about but it. I, I am predicting to Tomorrow, in uh, all the litany of presentations that will be made in his honor, people will be suggesting that Martin Luther King Jr. would have supported their agenda. By the way, uh, a lot of people call into this show and say Martin Luther King uh, said a, a white liberal was more dangerous than a conservative. That is not what he said. I, I, I looked and looked and Can looked. you correct it? Yeah. He said a white moderate who is more interested in order is more dangerous to my cause than a conservative who at least I know where they stand. Oh, you mean like Scoop Jackson? Right. He was he was actually writing a letter back to a coalition of ministers in the South who were asking him, they said, we support your movement, but you're, we, we, want, we don't think now is the time. And that's what he was responding to. A lot of people, I, I don't know which conservative talk show host bastardized that statement. Oh, come on. You know what happens. Somebody says it, and then all of a sudden yeah. it takes on a life of its, its own. It's got a life of its but own, it's always but it's not the truth. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, and then you say, that was 19, before 1968, before his assassination. Yeah. Not only that, but times have changed. We don't know what this man would have said about circumstances. Who thought that he was going to be against the Vietnam War, that he put all of his cred on being against the war? I remember, because I was opposed to the war. Yeah. I said, Wow. This is a heavyweight coming on board because, remember, before that it was hippy-dippies. You know? Then all of a sudden Martin Luther King Jr. was against the war. 
And a lot of other people began to take note. Yeah. I was there in 1972, the inauguration of Richard Nixon. My first vote was for George McGovern, <laughs> the peace candidate who didn't even win. I, you know, he won South Dakota. That yeah. was it, his home he state. He might have won like one precinct in lower Manhattan. There was a million of us in D.C. protesting. Yep. They had the National Guardsmen out. But it was no 24-hour news cycle. A million people. The guy crushed McGovern. And the only thing that took him out was Watergate. Amazing. Watergate. 1-800-848-9222. Steve, you're on with Curtis and Chris. All right, guys. It's the big cat. If I went there, he'd give me the building. Now, listen, you guys are so darn lucky that Pat Buchanan did not become president because you're both really to the left. And he would have put into place things in the federal government. He would have pulled race quotas out by the roots, would have had you guys going crazy. He would have put the military on the border. And there's a lot of other things he would have done. Deportations would have happened. No one's I, I don't about understand it. why we're talking about a guy who no ran for president in the 1980s, didn't win. Nobody really and we're lucky his, he didn't win. He, he rocked Bush 41's world. Yeah, he killed him. Uh, Knocked more, him out. More importantly, I don't consider him a conservative. I consider his Reactionary. sister a conservative. He was more, though, of a populist. A pop. Remember, nowadays, that term has been co-opted by yep. Steve Bannon and many people on the right. But he rocked Bush 41's world, probably led to Bush losing because in many ways, Pat Buchanan and Ross Perot uh, had a lot of the same belief system. It's always if a incumbent president has a serious primary challenge, even if he beats that challenge back. They usually want Jimmy Carter. Remember yeah, Ted Jimmy Carter. Kennedy? Exactly. Why are you running for Jimmy president? Jimmy Carter, Ted? George Herbert Walker. Remember Bush, that famous question? Right. Ted Kennedy, why are you running for president? Because I'm a Kennedy. Exactly. I'm supposed to do this. One, uh, Dara, well, way, I'm trying to distract you from my other things. Yep. Third party. Anderson. Look, look, if in fact things work out that it's round two, the heavyweight battle, Trump wins the GOP nomination. Somehow Hillary uh, is elevated, resurrected, and wins round two. Yeah. What an opportunity for a third party. Jesse, candidate. the body venturer, president of the United States. 1-800-848-9222. Bob, you're on with Curtis and Chris. Bob. Hey, guys. That's exactly what my comment was going to be about a potential third party candidate. Because for somebody who never even considered Trump seriously back 16, it was like... I can't believe he's being nominated. And then on top of it, I think the Democrats have just become nuts with Bernie and the squad. And, and even Biden's just gone wackadoo. That Can you imagine in 2024, if you had Donald Trump, let's say, against Elizabeth Warren on a stage, why wouldn't that give an opportunity for a credible third-party candidate who has a brain and some common sense to have at least a chance to beat off these wackadoos. That well, well, well that's, a, that's a good question for you, Curtis. I mean, before you sold out and hitched your ride to the Republicans here in the city to get a quick uh, ballot placement to get on the mayoral ballot, you were the chair of the Reform Party of the state of New York, which I guess was the Independence Party at one point. Or are they no, no, party? just the Reform Party. Yeah. Uh, different, though, than the Reform Party that had been started by Ross Perot. Right. Uh, I got to tell you, I loved it. Because all the uh, party people would come and kiss you tuchish, so you would endorse them. Yeah, yeah. So they would tell you whatever. It's gone now, though, the Reform Party. Well, yeah. Uh, Andrew Evil Eisenhower wiped out most of the third parties. But I remember being at the Marriott Hotel in the gateway to the world, Times Square. Yep. 
And there was the former New Mexico governor, Gary Johnson, 2016. Gary Johnson. With Weld, uh, who was running as his vice president. Did you ask candidate. him about Aleppo? Uh, no. <laughs> he, hadn't, he, hadn't, uh, he hadn't had that slip up yet. Right. He came out. He was impressive. Weld, who had been governor of Massachusetts, right. who took it to Romney, he had been impressive. And remember, in the polls, he was rising up because a lot of people were not satisfied either with Trump or Hillary in 2016. And then he, he failed the National uh, Geographic test. Yeah. He couldn't figure out Aleppo. Then there was another. And then he looked like he had been doing too much puff, puff, pass. Well, he probably was. Smoking do- uh, ropes of dope. And he crashed and he burned. I met him when he was governor of New Mexico. I met, oh, him, in a green, good. met him in a green room at Fox in like 2011. And I did. I thought he was a sharp guy. He was a Republican at the time. Yes. And I thought he was going to seek the Republican nomination for president. And then he later, of course, became a libertarian. Um, but uh, I do think that there, there, is, a, there is room well, in this country for a Remember, uh, the guy who was like a meteor in the Democratic primary, uh, Andrew Yang, you know, guaranteed income. Oh, forget that guy. Well, you just started a new independent party, the yeah. forward party. Yeah. Look, if it turns out to be Trump and Hillary again. There's going to be, be a, I mean, if it yeah. does, yeah. there's going to be a move for a valid third-party candidate who could take it to It's him. the only thing, I think, that can actually force a third party. If you have those two baby boomers, I mean, Hillary's a baby boomer. Donald Trump is like even pre-baby boomer. <laughs> it's not even baby boomer. You mean like a Joe Biden? <laughs> yeah, Biden is pre-baby. They're too you old. Mean like they're not Pelosi. even baby boomers. <laughs> Okay. You mean like Grassley? Yeah, they're too old. Uh, like uh, Feinstein. Uh, you, you'd get you get a Gen Xer on a third party line, and maybe you have something going on there. Because I'm I I, I uh, for one, uh, I've been clear. I don't know if he, he couldn't run for president because he was born in South Africa. Elon Musk. Oh, stop. You know, but he is a, a free agent. You really don't know no, where he is don't know in a lot politics. of issues. No, you know, and people think they know it, and they try to pursue So it. one of these crypto-crazy uh, monsters might emerge because, you know, they get instant billionaires. I, I, I believe this. I believe that Joe Biden should be our last president, who's either a baby boomer or whatever generation he's from. We need to go moving on now. We need to have a Gen Xer. Millennial. I tell you, moveon.org failed. Well, <laughs> moveon.org was about the Clinton impeachment. It, was a long, it lasted <laughs> like 20 years. Oh, and People they were forget. powerful. It lasted for 20. It was about I remember the... I was in Green Bay speaking to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers who might get in the Super Bowl. I was in Green Bay organizing Guardian Angels. And they were all over the place. Yeah. They were going door to door. They were aggressive. They had boots on the ground. What the hell ever happened to them? Moveon.org. They got swept up by the Bernie bros. Oh, my wife is a Bernie. Bro. Right. They got swept Nancy. up by the Bernie movement. But and now, now, then the Bernie of, movement fizzled out. And now they're gone. Think of, think of my wife, Nancy. She was such an intense Bernie bro. She went to Philadelphia when she believed that the DNC robbed Bernie of his opportunity to be the presidential candidate because. Were you there with her? No, 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 no. She, she went, went solo. There, uh, she went there solo. And then because of that, because she felt that with the superdelegates, they robbed Bernie yeah, yeah. and gave it to Hillary. Yeah, why let people who've been active in the party forever have a vote? I don't, I don't, I never understood why they hated the But remember, the Bernie was surging. Oh, you mean that. you're a House of Representatives member and you've spent 30 years in the Democratic Party? Oh, let's let some kid who just carried a petition for Bernie have the same amount of votes but as you. I believe that, like my wife, who was so far to the left with right. Bernie, right, and then she voted for Trump. That's crazy. In that election in 2016, yeah, I, I think know. some of the Bernie bros there were, a good were so burned by what they felt the DNC did for Hillary that at that time, remember, 
Trump was like this fresh voice. It wasn't exactly like Bernie, but it was an American firster voice like Bernie the Altacaca Sanders. Yeah, well, look, I think there needs to be a new voice in this country. I am tired. Oh, I agree with I'm you. I'm tired of the same you're, old you're, I agree voices. with you because I'm not a Trump Right. Boy. I think we look to Governor DeSantis in Florida. Stop. That's a new voice. Stop. Oh, he's, he's nailed it. No, no mandates, no masks. Yeah, yeah. Then Everybody's he, going he to Florida. He got COVID. He went on the ground for 20 days. Oh, wait Must a second. have been a bad case of Hold COVID. on a second. Yeah. Why does everybody... He's done, by the way. Why does I, everybody... I don't think... I, I have a feeling that this year he will be beaten in Florida. You, you see what his Democratic opponent called him. What they call him? Hitler. I call him Death Santa. But do you realize you never used to? No, nah, yeah, I don't like Hitler. It was he has multiple Democratic opponents right now? Yeah, but he it was was it Charlie Crist that said that? No, no, it was, no, the, it was other the, the female Nikki Fried. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Uh, female. And there's Democratic. a third. There's a third person who's a, uh, a state senator from South Florida, a Latina, who I would like to see more of because I quite frankly think that Democrats okay. need to be. Uh, but what happened? What happened to the, his adversary who barely lost? Uh, who was from, uh, what was that, Gainesville? Yeah. The meth head. Well, yeah, what well, happened to him? I think he's done. I think his political career is over He had over meth in his talkers. What, what the hell was that? I mean, he was depressed. You've lost elections. You know how tough that guy is. I understand is. that. And he actually had money and lost by three-tenths oh, of a point. Oh, he lost. And you remember what Jan I mean, it wasn't up. like yours where they're like, hey, Curtis, you knew you were going to lose when you got the nomination. And that's why you didn't respond to Chris's email about doing a well, radio show not, in November. What, what <laughs> jammed this young African-American candidate who was, like, skyrocketing on the national uh, uh, mindset was he got free tickets to Hamilton. Remember? <laughs> and they said, you didn't pay for those tickets. Oh, my God. How dare you take those tickets? It was a quid pro You're quo. You're destroyed. Your whole reputation that is over. That became the big issue that he had accepted. That, that's the free. problem. That's how it, valuable that those the, Hamilton tickets uh, were. I, I paid for my nose for those tickets. I'll be quite <laughs> honest with you. I went twice. <laughs> I'm still paying those tickets off. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Saul. How you doing, Saul? I would remind you that extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. And was he going to say something crazy? What was he? Uh, what was he? John Adams? I, or Sam Adams? I don't know which Adams. Which one is the beer? Sam Adams. Is the All right, beer. but that's the Sons of Liberty, right? Right, Sam, right, right. Not they're John related. Adams. They're brothers. The vice president. And not Quincy Adams, right? John Adams was actually president. Too. I, I, he was I, first I get so confused player, yeah. with all those Adams. Because, you know, I ran against Eric Adams from Yeah, so. Eric and the Adams family, exactly. which is a fantastic I TV so, show. I, I just, uh, it gives me, it gives me, oh, Does it bring back surest. Pain? Surest. In Yiddish, that's what they say, and surest. Was it, was it the hardest thing was... Like, after you lost, him saying, what a great guy you are, that would really bother Well, we've me. known each other for 40 years, yeah, it's except a- during the campaign. He's a racist. He's a liar, buffoon, a clown. After the election, he wins. Oh, he's a great guy. I've known him for 40 years. one 800 Chris Hahn, Curtis Lee, we're with you till 5. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. The aggressive progressive Christopher Hahn. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station. 77 WABC. 1-800- 848-9222, Chris Hahn, Curtis Lewa. Now, Chris, uh, in your life and time as a lawyer with yes. Esquire attached yes, to your yes. name, 
Uh, you've been in criminal court? I have. You've been in civil court? Yes, I have. Okay. Impaneled is a jury of six. Yeah. And six alternates who are going to hear a case in Manhattan State Supreme Court before the judge in the Black Regal Rose. It is a unique case. I don't think mm. there's anything comparable. A boomer like me. Yes. Is suing his mother who's 82. Amazing. A former lawyer herself. Yes. She's retired. Simply because she has two of his top baseball cards that he had. 1953 Ralph Kine. Amazing. When he played for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And a 1953 Satchel Page. After he was allowed finally into Major League Baseball for the Cleveland Yeah, he was, Indians. I think, the oldest rookie in the history of Major League Baseball. By the way, do you know who hit their first home run off of Satchel Page, who was pitching for the Cleveland Indians at that time? One of the greatest baseball players of all times. I'm going to say Joe DiMaggio. Close. The guy who replaced Joe DiMaggio. My man, number seven, Mickey Mantle. Mickey. Although he was a total degenerate and a drunk. Yeah, but he was a good guy. Oh, so disappointing when I met him. You know, I, I got a chance to meet all three of these iconic athletes right. in my lifetime. Joe DiMaggio, yep. who was hawking at that time for Mr. Coffee, retired. Uh, Willie Mays, uh, say hey, Willie, who was living in the Bronx yep. at the time. And Mickey Mantle who had a gin joint in a restaurant on Central Park South. They were the three most miserable people I've ever come across. They acted like they had a cloud over their head. It's horrible. People would part like the Red Sea for Moses, and they were constantly it's, negative. I don't understand that. You know, I met Derek Jeter. He was wonderful. Like, it was like the nicest guy I've ever met. Yeah, Same Kalamazoo, Michigan. E- Eli Manning. Fantastic. No, no. These guys were, and don't ever ask them for an autograph. It was like asking Bill Russell in basketball or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for an autograph. They said, get out of my, get out of my face. Rusty Staub did a charity auction for me once. He was fantastic. Oh, Rusty Staub. I remember him. Rusty. Can I, can I go through memory lane? Yeah, yeah. He started out with the Houston Colts. Houston Colts. Young Huckleberry, right? Great hitter. Then he went to Montreal, right? Played for Montreal. Then, naturally, he came to the New York Mets yep. when you began to love him. The guy, he could get off the bench. He could be sleeping on the bench. He could be 20 degrees below zero. The guy was a phenomenal. He was a hit machine. Yeah, but uh, a pinch Co- hitter. Couldn't run, though. No. Couldn't, couldn't run, run. Couldn't really feel I, that I remember well. last year of his career, the Mets were in some game where it went into, like, 18 or 19 innings, and they had to put him out in right and you field. Know, you know who the <laughs> Mets so... traded him to in order to get the Donut King at the time, Mickey Lolich, great pitcher for the Detroit <laughs> Tigers. They, do that? they traded him to the Detroit Tigers oh. to get Mickey Lolich, who bombed here in New York. Yeah. Like so many others who come here. Unbelievable. Uh, see, I Mets. went down memory lane. Right now, but yeah, let's talk about this woman getting sued by her son. All right, so he wants the two cards back. Right. She's uh, 80, in her 80s. Right. Now, she is hermetically sealed down. She's met the specs, you know, of what you have to do if all of a sudden you want to auction them off. Because there's a whole science involved with that. And apparently a curator has said each of those cards would be valued at $30,000 if you tried to sell them at auction. And by the way, I'm looking at a picture of his mom. She doesn't look 82 to me. She's 82. She's, that looks like 82 to look, you? Look, this is COVID. You know, she's all... Yeah, she's masked up. Right, right. Yeah. She's 82. Imagine this. What a miserable this guy is to sue Unbelievable. his mother. He, first of all, 
every man in America wants to sue their mom because they threw out their baseball cards. His mom actually saved his baseball no, cards. Excuse me. Can't you work it out? Uh, we want to sue our mother-in-laws uh, more so than our mothers. Uh, I you, can see you were not a you Mama would be Luke. in court a lot with multiple mothers. Exactly. Right? But you were not a Mama Luke, right? You were not a not. mama's boy. I was not a mama's boy. Gee, see, that's because. And I'm the oldest son of an Italian look, mother, which is weird for me not yes, to be a mama's because boy. Because Italians and Jews, they're all Mama Lukes. Yeah. Uh, mom can do no wrong. Well, we had four kids in my family, right? And we were dirt poor the entire time. Excuse me. So all Italian I, families, eight, 10, 12. Well, there were four of us. didn't believe in we birth could, control. We couldn't afford one of us, and there were four of us. I, You know, government cheese poor, right? Ooh. EOP program to wow. go to SUNY. No joke. Because I couldn't afford the applications. Although a white I, I, guy, and you qualified for that. I, yeah, I did. That's I, I did a six-week summer session for the EOP. So you used to have constipation eating all that government cheese. No, it was actually pretty good. It was like oh. Velveeta. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, Velveeta. It wasn't bad. I enjoyed the government cheese. What, uh, two, uh, two pieces of white bread, Velveeta? Yeah, yeah a little Velveeta, a little wow. cheese. Or okay. Never so, had butter. always had margarine. Oh. So now if you come oh, to my now house. now you get a crown on your head. You, you, you come to my house now, all I do is cook with butter. I'm like uh, a I butter king. I despise So do margarine. I. I don't, want, I don't ever want to look at it anymore because we never could afford butter. Okay, so now, but I I believe you had baseball cards. Like I, I did. Baseball I did. Because I had a paper route, and I would save my money up. I'd buy baseball cards. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd go off to college, and i come home, and they're now, gone. let me ask you a question. <laughs> so, All right. So you're delivering Newsday. Newsday, baby. Out in Long Island. Uh, you're saving, you know, if they paid you on Friday. Because, you know, they're always trying to They did. They you. would pay. Uh, so you go out, and you get the new Tops group of cards. Did they come in a little package of multiple they cards? Come in a little package. With, with the gum. With some gum in it, yeah. Right, so the dentist delight, because the gum was the worst it gum was the worst. ever it's had. A, it's a hardened stick of gum. Right, and it would get into every crevice yeah, of it was delicious, teeth. though. I and the it. next thing you do, you had a cavity, and you had to spend all kinds of money at the dental office. But you were looking for the limited edition cards. Yeah, you wanted that Ricky Henderson rookie card. Because yeah, t- Tops <laughs> knew... I'll give you all the scrubs. I'll give you the guys who've yeah. been traded. Yeah. I'll give you the guys who... Where's my Don Mattingly card? Right, right, right. <laughs> right. And very few. Right, very and few. And this is what they did with Satchel Page, and this is what they did with Ralph Kiner, yep. who at that time was a home-run-hitting king for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who went on to become the broadcaster for the New York Mets. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why... I mean, if I'm on a jury, as I've gone through a civil case in which a... A co-conspirator for the World Trade Center blast in 1992. You remember yep. the blind-eyed cleric wearing the Santa Claus hat, yes. Sheikh Omar Abdel Rahman, the evil one. Uh, this guy was advising him, so he sues me for something that I said publicly, suing me for like six million dollars. Uh, and the jury heard the case. Took from, took him five minutes to dismiss. Right. How it even made it to a jury, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't even believe they listened to the case. I right. think it was jury nullification. Right. They saw me. They saw him. He looked like he was part of al-Qaeda. It was over. They didn't over. want to listen to over. him. In this case, I would think it might be a case of jury nullification. The jury's looking at this guy. You would sue your freaking mother? What do you think? She's mommy dearest? I, I, I don't know how anybody can sue their mother, even if you have a horrible relationship with your mother. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, but then she says, look. You won't even let me see my grandchildren. Uh, I'm going to bequeath these I think two cards to your grandchildren. I think there's deeper problems here, Curtis. I don't think it's about the baseball. All right, but whatever happened to your uh, collection of baseball cards? Uh, they're gone. I don't know. I, my brother, who, God rest his soul, probably sold them, or my mother threw them out. Uh, and she wouldn't tell you she threw them out. I, right? They were never to be seen again. Let's just put it that My father, to this day, 
sometimes on my birthday will send me packs of baseball cards Ooh. that he finds online from the 80s, and oh. I don't open them. Oh. Oh. <laughs> now, so. Topps Baseball Card Company had one factory, one facility in Jersey City, right before you reached yep. the Holland Tunnel. Armed guards. You talk about stop and frisk. As an employee with the printing press, they would stop and frisk you coming in, and especially leaving. They don't want you taking out their goods. one 800 Chris Hahn, Curtis Lewa, coming back. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. The aggressive progressive Christopher Hahn. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station. 77 WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Frank. Hey, Frank, you're on with Chris Hahn and Curtis Lewa. Hello. Hello. How's everybody doing? All right. Well, you mentioned uh, you got to be careful with people with three names. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Three names. Leave her alone. Or as I call her, AOC all out crazy. Stop it. What else, Frank? With, with the Puerto Rican girl who was killed by this animal at Burger King. She's Puerto Rican, this, the victim, and why is AOC suddenly silent on this girl? I, I, AOC is Puerto Rican. I love it when people have different things that they want to, like, talk about. I thought this guy was going to ask you a question, and I wanted to know the answer to this what, question. What was the question? I, he was going to ask you if you were ever on the Morton Downey Jr. show, somebody with three names. He started out with that, but then he decided, I guess, while well, he was listening to us for the last 45 oh, minutes, I was that he got mad about AOC a for some reason. regular guest on the Morton Downey Jr. show, which was at the Superstation. Yeah, two Superstations. WWOR. Right, but WGN in Chicago was right, the first. Right. We, that's why everybody would see Cub games, and they would see Harry Carey drunk, you know, singing, take me out to the ball game. Uh, and then Channel 9 Secaucus, which the featured uh, evening program that you could see all across the nation was the Morton Downey Jr. show. There was one episode I was on. This was a classic. You got to go to YouTube. I'm going to look. Curtis Lewa versus Ron Paul, congressman of Texas, who was running for the presidency as an independent candidate. For the first time of 25 times, probably. I mean, we got it on. Huh. We got it because, you know, he was like his son, really Crazy. more of a libertarian. Yeah. They, well, he's a libertarian, but not really even that right, either. Right. right. They're just like they got wacky ideas for America, the two of them. Yeah, but at that time he was promoting uh, smoking the wacky tobacco, which was not very well, popular. I was, for, I was for that. I'm not for smoking it, but I'm for decriminalizing it. No, no, no. Back then. Remember, we're talking back the 80s. then. We're talking, this is the 80s. That's right. Right. You would thought still to be a burned out hippie, you know, from Haight-Ashbury or the Lower East Side of Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, having gone to Woodstock. Uh, Meanwhile, having, everybody who's saying that about the other people who want to legalize it, they're smoking weed, but they just get it from their dealer. Exactly. Right? That's they, what always made me, made me or crazy. Or they have the, the Pope of Greenwich Village. That's who they got from. But anyway, they're right. having their edibles now. Right. Yeah. Uh, did you have your cookie? Now they go to their designer weed supplier. Oh. And they get a specific strain. Exactly. Right. It's just all the same. Have you ever been in a pot shop? No, uh, I have no. Guardian Angels I, in Denver and Colfax. They're, they're like the size of Walmart. I have never been in a pot Oakland, shop. Oakland, downtown uh, Oakland at Jack Murphy uh, Square. There is like, a, like, my God, you see every bud that has been uh, grown hydroponically. I, I never been in a pot shop, but a while back I was advising a pot company from Colorado that were trying to come to New York, 
and they were looking for a place to grow. And they were staying in Manhattan. And they're like, oh, can you meet us at um, the Riverhead Airport? Riverhead? Uh, can you meet us out in Riverhead? I go, yeah, I'll meet you out in Riverhead. When are you, you guys going to leave? <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're leaving now. We'll see you in 20 minutes. I'm like, what do you mean you'll see me in 20 minutes? Oh, we're taking the chopper. <laughs> That's how much money they Not only the chopper. I was like, I was in Garden City at the moment. And I was like, but you're going to be there in 20 minutes. Out there, remember you have, what is that, Block Island? Yep. They used to fly in there with prop planes, drop duffel bags of pot, and then take off. You now, know, how do you know this? Were you operating the ferry, or what was it? What no, was no, 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 no. There are people who live there, were very few people. Shelter Island. Right. Saying. I'm sorry. Shelter right. Island, or right near Riverhead. Yeah. And they would come in, and, you know, they would put the flares down at night so that they could land in the grass. They would drop off all the duffel bags and then take back off. Well, now it's not even worth it because the real estate's so expensive there. Exactly. You'd have to sell a lot of But pot. this happened all <laughs> over the country Yeah, when it was just the un- part of the underground economy. That Robert Downey Jr., though, he was crazy. I mean, Morton Downey Jr., yeah. sorry. He well, was remember, insane. he ended up in a bathroom at San Francisco International Airport, stumbled out. He had a swastika on his forehead like yeah. Charlie Manson. Crazy. And that whole his whole story fell apart. Yeah, he did a Jussie Smollett kind yeah, of thing, right? Exactly. He did it to himself. He self and remember, he would always be smoking. Yeah, smoking on. He can't do that. He might anymore. have been smoking some wacky tobacco too, or something. Uh, I don't something think so. degenerated I don't think so, that brain. But remember Rod Serling and yes. Twilight Zone? Yes, how he'd be smoking. Yep. Now you can't do that anymore. No, no. Well, you shouldn't smoke. Smoking's oh, I had so many great appearances on the old Morton Downey Jr. show. The best, though, you got to go to YouTube. Was the Rand Paul one? Me versus not Rand and Ron. not RuPaul. Ron Paul running <laughs> I, I for president. I would like to see you debate RuPaul. That would be an interesting debate. Oh, absolutely. Three snaps up, RuPaul. <laughs> Three snaps up. one 800 Uh Drew, you're on with Curtis and Chris. Hey, I wanted to say it's interesting when people say, hey, we don't know how Dr. King would think, which is true because the man's not alive. But if you look at it, the people who are around him, Jesse Jackson, um, John Lewis, even Jim Clyburn had a relationship with him. You see the direction they're going in. You see how they feel about the voting rights and things like that. And even the pastor at his church right now, who originally started at my church in Harlem, the Abyssinia Baptist Church, Raphael Warnock, is the state senator of Georgia. Yep, and let's yep. not forget, he's the pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church. So when people say that, that's kind of a way out. And Curtis, I have much respect for you. But this thing with Andrew Giuliani winning, man, you look like you're losing your mind. No, no, no. But in the meantime, Drew, let me ask you a question on the voting rights issue and the legislation. A lot of Americans who are not political don't understand under these COVID lockdown uh, pandemic restrictions, they have to show a vaccine passport. They have to show personal ID. They cannot for the life of themselves say what? And to vote, you don't have to show personal ID. They do it in Canada. They do it in Mexico. They do it in Europe. Why wouldn't we do it here? It's common sense. I think you will have to I think we lost you. Well, I'll answer for you. I mean, right. Look, the problem is, is that where they are putting these voter ID laws in, they're making it so the people who have the IDs are the people who they want to come and vote for them. Right. So, for example, in the state of Texas, if you have a state issued student ID issued by the state of Texas, it is not acceptable for voting, even though it has a photograph of you on it and a seal. 
But if you have a gun permit issued at a county office yes. with no photo, yes. it's acceptable right, for voter well, that, ID. That, that, so that's a clear that's example of an egregious thing. So what I'm saying. Now, can I vote with a snap card? Because, you know, a snap card. Why not? Uh, food stamps. It's a government-issued ID. Yeah, it has a picture on it now. Right. So why, look, here's what I say. But let me ask you here, a question. A lot of times I'm in a grocery store, supermarket. Uh, a guy is coming through with a snap card, and it has a picture of a woman on it. And yet the clerk is not even looking to well, identify the, the person. The clerk's going to be the person. Got to be the police of the snap. I mean, <laughs> give me a break. The poor clerk making ten dollars an hour, fifteen dollars an hour now here in New York. Thank God. You know, you know. Let's let's let the clerk alone. But my my question for you is 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 simple. What's wrong with having a national standard? Of an ID that's easily accessible to everyone. Well, you know who first proposed that? Joe Manchin did. No. Before him, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Right. Suggested a national ID card. She got such an incredible blowback from her fellow Democrats. She lost it in her vernacular. Well, my feeling is this. It, it, it has to be accessible. Yes. Right. So, and, and Democrats should trade for it. And the problem is Look, Republicans don't want to trade. I would trade it. But here's what I want. Yes. I would want... A 30-minute or less rule for voting. I don't like seeing these lines that are, you know, eight hours long. Agreed. Right? Let's have it. Let's let's say, okay, we're going to have a national standard ID that everybody, even in, in blue states, needs to get to vote. Yes. You know, it, not just a driver's license, but if you don't drive, there's some other easily accessible thing that you can get for free yes. in America. Yeah. Okay? And in exchange, we're going to make it so that if no matter where you live— it's 30 minutes to vote. Mm. 30 minutes to get there and to vote. Done. I, I'd go for that. Wow. I'd make that great. deal. I'd make that deal right, All right now. But remember. And I'd also, but you got to throw also throw in what I said earlier in the show. With the Election Control Act, you have to make sure that state legislatures can't willy-nilly decide that votes don't count. Understood. Understood. There's room for, uh, room to move there. Right. But remember when we were kids. It was the rage. There was a blockbuster in every neighborhood in America. Yes. Rural areas, suburban areas, yes. shopping malls, urban areas. 99 cent, you could rent a video, which was And I great. always wanted to work there, and they never would hire right, me. I had to apply every time. You had to show an ID. Well, to you, get had a, a, you had to have a blockbuster card. You had a membership. I, I, I know, but the point is you also at times have to show an ID. I think the only blockbuster left is in Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah, but see, or Curtis, Bend, Curtis, Oregon. I'm not quite sure. I, I always like to say blockbuster is not the state. It's not the state. It's a private company. We live in a capitalist free society where private companies can choose their own rules. Wait a right? second. They Chris, are not the state. Chris, you got to show ID to do everything, but not to vote. For instance, I, I'm sorry. When you, I went to vote. Do you show IDs to do everything? Absolutely. No, you don't. Yes, I do. They don't know that it's you, Curtis. Oh no, Lee? no, no! Oh, and, and they, I am suspect. less recognizable than you are. I never uh, show they're my ID. Suspect at times. Right. We have to see ID, Mister Sliwa. I That's, got carded the other day. Buying uh, wine. Oh. I was buying wine. I don't drink, but what I was buying it? a bottle of wine. It reminded you of your youth yeah. when all of a sudden you would find uh, a wino outside of a liquor store. I'm getting carded buying wine, and, what I, and I had a baseball hat on. I go, I'm going to take my hat off now. Cigarettes. I'm taking my hat off now. You think you still need wine, to card me? Cigars, right. tipperillos, yeah. you know, the whole thing. Carded buying wine. You know, to make you blunt, uh, you know, to hollow out your cigar and then smoke your marijuana. I just think the goal needs to be most people possible voting. As easy as possible. Right? No, 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 That's the problem I have is I feel like in the South and in other red states, they're trying to make it harder for people to vote. And that, I, I don't like that. All right. But again, I, I give you room. It's like a, a slide rule. We can move the slide rule up and down. But the point is, you have to show ID. 
In Canada, which is far more liberal and progressive uh, uh, than we let's are, you've got to show ID to Let's have a real conversation, not this hyper-politicized conversation about voting in America, because there are bad things happening in some states in this country around voting well, rights. Well, you know, Donald Trump brought that up yesterday in Arizona. His yeah. whole theme of his speech was... Dominion, Smartmatic, they I stole the election. I didn't lose, where? No, I didn't lose, where, where, I'm where? telling you, I'm telling you, look, he's the favorite to win the Republican nomination, no doubt. But if he runs on this, if he keeps mentioning this at rallies across America, instead of, obviously, right. what to do about inflation, what to do about competing against the Red Chinese, the Russian menaces, he's going to lose. Nobody likes a sore loser. Nobody likes a whiny little you-know-what. And Donald Trump, whenever he talks about the election that he lost, that 60 courts, including multiple courts with people he appointed on them, ruled that he lost fair and square. He keeps talking about how he won when he lost. Nobody likes that. No, and I, by he, the way. He won't have 60 percent. By of the, the way, let me, let me use as an example Michael Maricic, Rudy Giuliani. He was America's mayor at the time, right. after 9-11. He was ahead in the polls to become the Republican nominee, ahead of Mitt Romney, ahead of John yep. McCain. I accompanied him in Florida because yep. he decided, I'm not running in Iowa where I have to drink ethanol. And I'm not going up to New Hampshire there where Democrats can cross over and vote. Florida, where there are a lot of ex-New Yorkers. Every speech was about 9-11. It's like Obama said, you want to define Rudy Giuliani? It's a noun, a verb, and 9-11. Right, but the point was, he learned from that that as much as people uh, praised him for the work he did for all of us in in the aftermath of 9-11, that wasn't the issue that they wanted to hear. The issues then were different than 9-11, and he crashed and burned in that Republican primary. Well, and it's why his son's going to crash and burn. No, no, no I'm state. supporting Andrew yeah, and Giuliani it's okay. to become the next it, governor it's okay. of the state of I New mean, York. I you, mean, you've gotten used to losing elections now, right? Oh, I mean, oh, wait gotten, a second. You've gotten oh, accustomed to Oh, by the way, speaking it. of elections, I tried to vote with my little cat Gizmo because I, I and my wife, we rescue cats. Uh, they wouldn't let me bring Gizmo in as my comfort animal. Well, Gizmo didn't have an ID. And I didn't have to show ID. <laughs> Meantime, we went across the street after we voted, get a little croissant and coffee. We had to show a Vax ID, and we had to show personal ID. That is crazy. Gizmo should have been allowed. I, I, I saw that on television. I'm like, oh, well, you know, Wednesday when I see Curtis at the radio meeting, uh, Chris I'll Hunt, talk to him Gizmo about. has his own Twitter account. He's doing better than you. Damn right. one 800 848 Chris Hahn, Curtis Lee, we're with you till 5. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. The aggressive progressive Christopher Hahn. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station. 77 WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to the phones. Christine, you're on with Curtis Sliwa and Chris Hahn. How you doing, Christine? Hi. Good afternoon, fellas. How you doing? We're doing good. Good. I really like this. This is the first time I'm listening to the show. I like the, um, you know, the contrast of the left and right, and you guys do it well, you know? Thank I, I, you. I'm getting, like, sick of listening to it and getting upset. We so, don't want anybody to get upset. That's our whole thing. We're trying to yeah, we're trying to we're trying to have a national conversation, not a natural national fight. I like that because I've been getting upset lately <laughs> and having nightmares. So, anyway, um, 
about Fauci. So when he snapped back at, I don't remember what senator it was, about, you know, and then called him a moron and this and that. I was just thinking about that movie, A Few Good Men with Jack Nicholson, mm. when he when he does himself in and he says, you can't handle the truth. And then he kind of falls apart. I, You know, and I know that you, Chris, are probably more of a fan of Fauci than I am, because I'm, I'm I was a lifelong Democrat and, and then changed to conservative last year. Um, I'm paying attention a lot more to what's going on. But I feel like if they keep pressing him at these, whatever they're doing, these panel discussions, I don't really know what it is. I'm new into politics. They're, they're Senate hearings. Hearings. He's going to crack. Well, look, Christine, I mean, I think he's tired of this at this point. This is a guy who's been a public servant for 40 plus years. He's one of the best there is at his business. And he's got to listen to a guy like say, Rand you know, Paul, who's, yeah, Rand Paul, the who's a moral ophthalmologist, telling right. him about infectious but disease. But Rand Paul looks forward to this. He does. And I'll well, tell you it's why. It's good for Rand Paul's. Yeah, but I'll tell you why. Fauci no, no, pointed I'll it out. I'll tell you why. Uh, I met Rand. And Christine, Paul. thanks for your call. I uh, met Rand Paul at a luncheon. He was able to explain a lot of this. But I always look at a person and I say, "Why is he on the attack?" Remember, his neighbor came up. And sucker punched him and yoked him. Pulled him off his lawnmower. Right. Dislocated his shoulders and all that. Now you know a little bit about Rand Paul's personality. That a neighbor. Somebody got so mad at him that they just punched him. Oh, no, not just punch him. Yoke him, dislocated his Maybe shoulders. Maybe he's a bad breaker-upper. Remember uh, that Seinfeld? Yeah, they did a Harry Reid to him. Remember yeah. Harry Reid? Yeah. Claimed, oh, the treadmill did it. Yeah, sure, Harry. Well, he was old. Yeah, Harry. yeah, sure, Harry. The treadmill did it, huh? Well, he was also a boxer. <laughs> he was a pugilist like you, right? Well, what did I say? Remember that famous scene in Casino with Robert De Niro, the Scorsese classic with Joe Pesci? Great one. There is, uh, there is uh, De Niro acting as the uh, Jewish gangster... Rothman, who wanted a license for a casino. And the Harry Reid character said, no, we're not issuing you the license. And all of a sudden, De Niro gets up. With all the favors we've done for you and your cronies in. All that, and he's gaveling, you know. That's Harry Reid. Yeah. That was 1-800-848-922. You know, you got you to gotta speak ill of the dead. Is that what you're yes, going to do today? Yes, I do that. You're going to speak ill of he the dead? He probably went straight to hell without an asbestos Is suit. Anything you want to say about John F. Kennedy today? Anything uh, Camelot say? did not exist. That was <laughs> How about all, RFK? Uh, that was all fake. Oh, he was the protector of JFK. <laughs> you got anything bad to say about Bob Saget? Who died last week? Bob Saget. No, I can't. He really. was good. Although, he was good guy. Funny. here it is. Mainstream TV. Yet, if you had gone to his comedy shows, I did not. I did. Which were never filmed, right? Were, no, no. He did he, his specials. I mean, he aired. didn't do HBO. He special. did. He did HBO. Well, how did he get these mainstream TV programs? Well, the thing is, is that he got the mainstream TV programs before people knew how uh-huh. dirty he was in the club. And then he's like, look. I'm not just a dad from Full House. I'm Bob Saget, comedian, and here's my comedy. And how wrong she would the kid. It's like it's like Eddie Murphy. If you thought I was going to be here in the Buckwheat mask and you brought your kids, you're you're in wow. for a, you're in for a shock tonight. Well, let's face it. He's one of the few to be able to make that kind of a transition. I, I would say Harvey is the other one. Steve Harvey is. It's funny. I love that guy. I love his stand-up routine. I love watching him on uh, Family Feud. He's just hilarious. I tell makes... you, the, the time I met Steve Harvey, right, uh, he was dropping the F-bomb every which way. Yeah, yeah. God, every second it's word like was the F-bomb. me off the air. <laughs> and he goes, I remember you. 
I was in Dallas. You were in Trinity River housing projects, man. I remember walking, seeing you. This dopey white boy is going to get killed here. That was a rough housing project in West Dallas. No longer right. uh, in existence. Bulldoze. Let's down. take some of these calls before we have to go here. Let's go to Roger. Roger, you've been on for a while. Roger, how you doing? Hi there. Thank you very much indeed. Mr. Khan, I want to clear, clarify a very important point. You mentioned that Kamala Harris is African-American. In fact, she's three-quarters Caucasian. Her mother Wait, this is, is the from- guy who calls with my grammatical errors, too, right? Oh, it's the same it. guy. Three-quarters Caucasian? <laughs> the hell is he talking about? I don't about? know what he's talking about. I, I, I don't, I, you know... I'll call her African-American because that's what she calls herself. Look, there are many things we could say about Kamala Harris. She is an African-American. Yes. Period. <laughs> Period. one 800 Joe, you're on with Chris. Hey, question for you, Chris. Remember the good old days in the 70s and 80s when people used to get shot? You watch the TV shows. They would have policewoman, Beretta, everybody would get, like, heart attacks on the show. I want to know, can you find out if we could get lawsuits for every criminal that gets away pointing guns at somebody and they die of a heart attack? Can we do I, I think you that? actually can get a lawsuit if somebody points a gun at you and uh, and they have a heart attack. That's actually something uh, you can do. He conjured up the image of Beretta, you know, uh, feeding uh, his bird there with the pimp, uh, giving yeah. him information. Yeah. Beretta killed his wife, didn't he? He did. He did. <sighs> Bad people. Wilfred, you're on with Chris. Did that break Curtis. your heart, though? Broke Did that my break heart. your heart? Broke my heart. Beretta killed his yeah. wife. Yeah, well, I, I, I wasn't as big a fan as you because it was kind of kind of before my time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know it was a very important show for you. Oh, absolutely. You based your life on it, basically, right? I mean, you basically. What a beret. DT. What a oh, di- is that why you wear a beret? Is it a tribute to Beretta? Beret? Beretta? No, no, that's, that's, a, stretch. that's a stretch. That's uh, a stretch. I think it might uh, be. So, again, I know you're going to go copper squat and watch NFL football uh, action, playoff action. All right, so, again, you're predicting who's going to end up in the Super Bowl? I think it's going to be KC and... Your favorite, Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay. See you next week!